Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The minor league season is three weeks old at this point, so I think it's about time we start doing a little more prospect talk here. Obviously, small sample sizes for everyone, but we we can start to get a sense for how everyone is doing. Good morning, and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. We're going to have Jared Prugar on here for the rest of the show here to talk some Altoona baseball. But I, I want to start off here with AAA. And you can't talk AAA Pirates baseball without going to O'Neill Cruz. Who is past the deadline here where the Pirates could call him up. And unless he finishes for the top two of Rookie of the Year, he will not accrue a full year of service time. And with Kevin Newman on the injured list, it would seem to be a perfect opportunity to call him up. I'm not going to speculate on why he hasn't. Uh, We're supposed to be talking to Pirates General Manager Ben Charrington on Saturday afternoon, so I'm not going to assume anything. I would rather just talk to the general manager and ask that question of where does O'Neill Cruz stand for a potential promotion? Because Kevin Newman is going to be out for weeks. This isn't a short-term injury. This is a, a long-term thing, or at least medium-term thing, that you got to think it's a Wally Pip situation, potentially. So he is in every sense, should be at least considered for this position. And the one argument I have seen against it is his AAA stats are bad. And I'm not going to lie, they're, they're not good. They're bad. They're bad. Here's the thing. I don't care. <laughs> and neither should you. There's There are some ways where we can look at AAA stats and and take information from it. Like, we still see Mason Martin basically doing Mason Martin things, where he strikes out a lot, but there's a lot of power there, and the power is translating into games. So you see that, and it's this is the same Mason Martin that we're accustomed to. Do we all suddenly think that O'Neill Cruz is a sub-200 hitter? 
with not a lot of power. No, no, it's just a bad couple weeks. It's a bad couple weeks in a situation that uh, he didn't think he was going to be in. He thought he was going to make the opening day team. Merit-based, he played well enough to make that opening day team. I put that in that podcast a while ago. There isn't a team in baseball that O'Neill Cruz is not one of their best 28 players. But he went down to AAA. He struggled for a little bit. And people are mistaking a couple weeks worth of struggles as he's not ready for the major leagues. There's a big difference there. There's a huge, there's a huge lot. There's a Springfield Gorge type gap between those two ideas because it, it, it has been a bad couple weeks. But you saw him. You saw him hit that ball out at the end of last year. You saw him tear up Altuda all of last season. You saw him tear up Indianapolis at the beginning of, or at the very end of last season. He's not overwhelmed by this. You saw him this spring training. He's not overwhelmed. He's major league ready. If he wasn't, he wouldn't be in AAA right now. AAA is not really a place where you can do a whole lot of skill development anymore, or at least compared to what you do in AA and single A. Whenever you get to AAA, you're being refined. You're getting ready to appear in major league games. And so he's had a bad couple weeks. That doesn't matter. Do you think people would really be... Do you think if he would have hit five home runs this past month, five or six home runs, and had a 280 batting average that people would be like, oh, now he has to come up. No. Eric Gonzalez is in the top 10 of minor league baseball in hits in AAA. Let that sink in. Kaye Tom was absolutely tearing up the Giants farm system. Now let's, would you rather have Tom again or would you rather have O'Neill Cruz? in that situation. All other baseball logic would say Cruz, but if you go strictly by the stat line, oh, well, you know, Tom is better. He's more Major League ready. I'm not going to sugarcoat O'Neill Cruz's AAA stats. They aren't good. But here's someone who has hit at every single level of professional baseball including the major leagues for two games. And now, all of a sudden, he has a couple bad weeks, and oh, well, now we're down on uh, a top 15 prospect in baseball. No, he's still really good. He's still their best shortstop option at the major league level right now. Nothing against Diego Castillo, who is doing some really good stuff now that he's finally getting consistent starts. He's finally starting to put some things together. That's good. But... O'Neill Cruz is the potential generational talent in this Pirates farm system. He is the guy who could potentially be an MVP, the guy that, you know, just having conversations that I I say this, like there's a a 1% or better chance that this guy ends his career in Cooperstown. Now, whenever I say 1% chance, we're, we're talking, if you run 10,000 simulations, there's 100 of them that he has a Hall of Fame-worthy career or something. 
that also means there are 9,900 <laughs> that don't. So don't please don't extrapolate it that far. But this guy has the talent to be just a dominant baseball player for 10 or 15 years. There's a clear opportunity and a clear need right now for shortstop at this organization at the very top. Kevin Newman's hurt. Diego Castillo is filling in fine, but he's also a second baseman and can play elsewhere. Cole Tucker is someone that they kind of have to make a decision for. He also falls in that can play shortstop or can play elsewhere. There's nothing stopping O'Neill Cruz coming up to the major leagues other than the Pirates feeling where he is in his development. And that, what's not holding him back, is a triple-A batting average. It's not good. But don't put too much stock into this. This guy didn't all of a sudden learn to stop hitting. If he did, we would have seen it in spring training. We would have seen it last year whenever he made the jump to triple-A. We would have seen it at Altoona. It's a bad couple weeks. That doesn't mean he's not major league ready. And hey, he's posting the inst- he's posting to Instagram those retweeting or I'm not on Instagram, so I'm not hip on the lingo, but he's uh posting those you know, posts that he's tagged and is like, hey, this guy's major league ready, and he puts that in his story. The guy's ready. I don't care what the AAA batting average is. If he comes up to the major leagues and he hits 150 or something, then that's a different story, and we can reevaluate this. But that's not why he shouldn't be in the major leagues. We're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, Jerry Pruger and I, we're going to talk about Tuna Curve Baseball. And welcome back to the podcast to be named later. Jared Brugar is back on the show here. We're going to talk some minor league baseball. And you know what? We're going to keep it simple this time, Jared. Instead of doing like State of the Union everywhere, we're just going to dive straight into Altoona, which is obviously where you've watched the most baseball. It's where I've actually caught the most uh, streaming-wise, so I feel the most comfortable talking about there. And I guess we'll just start off with the two people that we saw in Pittsburgh briefly this week. Uh, Jack Sawinski and Tukipita Marcano. Sawinski is someone who kind of caught my eye down in spring training a little bit more. And if you just scout the stat line, you know, one of the best in baseball last year, but he was also tearing it down down there. Like it was circumstance. He was called up, but he earned some sort of promotion. Yeah. I mean, he was hitting gaps pretty well. He was hitting the ball hard every time it left the bat. And when you have that um, as a guy, that's I think a plus outfielder, I think that's a really good problem to have. I mean, he was one of the hottest guys to start the year. And when you have guys like Matt Frazier and Nick Gonzalez not doing too hot, um, you know, that's an issue. And and then when Swinski comes up to bad and, and you know that you're going to get a hit more often than not, that's a good situation to have for Kyron Madison um, and for the Altoona curve. And for Marcano, you know, obviously, again, circumstantial and, and situational, but, 
you know, he was he was doing a really good job in in Altoona too. And, you know, he's a guy that they played all around the infield. I mean, the only two guys that really haven't played, um, and from what I've seen, uh, anywhere other than their positions have been, you know, well, um, Matheson. And then you've also got, um, you know, Nick Gonzalez and Piguero, who have been locked at short, or second base and shortstop, respectively. So Piguero's, or not Piguero, I'm sorry, um, Marcano has been playing all over the place. And I think that's a good situation too, because Derek Shelton seems to love versatility. <laughs> there's, there's no seems to love, you know, qualifier for that. That, that is definitely something that he and the regime really value with this team. And yeah, maybe he can be that type of guy. I mean, you can't. I mean, the best case scenario for him really is he was came over in the Adam Frazier trade. He ends up being an Adam Frazier type player. Yeah, and I think that's a. I, mean, I, I think that's a good ceiling for him. Uh, touching on some of the guys that you brought up earlier that aren't doing so hot here. I, I want to start with Nick Gonzalez because he did go deep on Friday and that's encouraging to see him, you know, put a good swing of the ball. And actually whenever he does make contact, it's still really good contact, but he's just not hitting anything, especially the fastball right now. Right. I mean, we've talked about this at length privately, you know, he's just not doing what he needs to do. And I don't, I don't know if he's pressing, um, he does have two home runs on the season, which is good. Only three doubles. Um, so, I mean, that's those are five of his ten hits. He's only got ten hits on the season. And th- what what concerns me is the 25 strikeouts um, mm-hmm. through 17 games. Now, last year was an abbreviated schedule, but he still struck out 101 times. Um, he was abbreviated because he was hurt. Um, so, but he hit, he ended up hitting 302. But again, he's got to he's got to be able to catch up, got to be able to match up, and and you can kind of see the body language on him. You know, watching the stream a little earlier, just that kind of the exhale when he hits and, and gets on base. You know, there's a lot of pressure as a prospect, uh, especially one of Gonzalez's stature, when you're only, you know, a hundred and some odd miles from Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, you can't ignore any of that, and look it's one thing whenever we talk about like a Mason Martin type player with like a 30% strikeout, right. And be like, is this guy a major leaguer? Nick Gonzalez as a second baseman has more defensive, you know, upside in that way, just because you could have, it's a premium position in that regard. So it's, can he do the same thing with a 30% strikeout rate? And that was kind of borderline what he's done in pro ball so far in his career. That needs to get cut down at some point, needs to make more consistent contact because I mean, you see it, I see it. Whenever he just gets the bat to the ball, it, it's a line drive. There's some thunder in that bat. It's just yeah. making more consistent contact. And that's something that I think coming from a smaller school in New Mexico State, you, you accept that that's going to be some of a learning curve. But for year, year two, for it to become even more apparent, that's not a great sign. Yeah, and I mean – the the approach for the, for the curve and, and throughout the pirates organization is they're going to be aggressive at the plate. Now they face some very good hitting. Now the conditions have not been conducive to, to quality hitting. I mean, it's, it's been a pitcher's a pitcher's weather situation in central PA, uh, which is where they spent a majority of their time, you know, opening with Harrisburg playing, um, playing New Hampshire. Uh, they've they're in Akron. Now it's not, not great weather. Um, by any means, I mean the last homestand that they spent, there was a snow out, 
Um, there is frigid temperatures and then there are 80 degree temperatures. So, you know, the change in temperature, while that's not necessarily an excuse, that does become a factor because obviously, you know, being cold isn't, isn't a good thing if you're a hitter. Um, at the same time, you know, you got to adjust and, and hopefully he's able to do it. I think he's got the skill set to do it. Uh, but again, you know, he's, he's got to step up. The other guy that you brought up, uh, Matt Frazier, who, Look, I obviously think very highly of this guy. I wouldn't have put him in, you know, so much offseason coverage in the big, you know, player development piece that I wrote. I, I wouldn't have put so much focus on him. And I'm I'm not hitting the panic button yet because we saw him tear it up last year. And he actually started a little slow last year also. But at, at some point, you got to put together better at-bats than he has. Yeah, at times he's looked overmatched. Again, a, a lot of issues with the fastball. Um, but, you know, I think he's starting to, to come around a little bit more. Um, and, it's, you know, starting with uh, the series against Akron, he's starting to hit, get hits. Uh, he's had hits in three straight games uh, up until tonight. Or, I'm sorry, we were recording this on Friday night. So up until tonight when he went 0 for 4. Um, you know, that, that, that got the batting average from – 157 entering the season or entering the series uh it's now 174 and that is you know alarming um and and again you know could it is he pressing because obviously he's got a lot to replicate from last year he had a he had a great season came up to altoona did okay uh lit the world on fire um and watched it burn in in greensboro um but again is there is that that pressure and that, that between the ears aspect of the game, having an impact on, on his game. Uh, it's possible. I mean, he's doing a great job in the outfield defensively, but again, it's a, it's a two way street. You got to be able to hit the baseball. And, and again, this isn't, this is a really good, um, you know, really good curve team on paper and they just got to really put it together and they really haven't done that yet. So, I mean, early part for that aspect of the team, but just real fast here to, to go through what's going on here. One guy who's kind of impressed you, one guy who's kind of disappoints you. I'm going to do uh, both leading off here, and they come from the same trade because whenever the trade happened, I kind of thought that Kyle Nicholas was going to be the guy who, you know, really emerges in Altoona, and it's been Connor Scott instead who is – Yeah. Who has – really improved not only just the results wise, but better peripherals. He's hitting the ball harder. He's hitting it at a better, more consistent launch angle. He's doing basically everything that you want to see from a ball player. And yeah, maybe he is a little bit older or more advanced for someone who's going to be in double A, but this is a noticeable step up from last year where even that was a notable step up from where he was uh, back in 2019. So some really good signs there. And Nicholas, I'm not going to put too much stock into just three starts, but there's some good stuff there. Like at the minor league camp, the guy I asked Henry Davis, who's the guys who's is the guy that you caught that has stood out the, the most. And he said it was Nicholas and yeah, there is good raw stuff there, but you got to translate it into the games. You got to translate it to finish at bats. And I feel like he's had some difficulty doing that so far. Yeah. I mean, all Connor Scott does is hit the ball, man. I'm looking at his game logs here. And let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 
13 out of 14 games that he's played in, they, the, the team has had 19, he's gotten a hit. Um, a couple of those have gone for, most of those have gone for multiple hits. You know, he's hitting 358 on the season. Um, you know, not a lot of power per se, but at the same time, man, he's driving in runs. He's got 19 hits on the year. Um, you know, he's doing exactly what you need him to do. And yeah, is he a little more experienced? Yes, but let's let's be honest here. Um, he was their first, he was the Marlins first pick in 2019 or 2018 uh, at pick 13. You know, this is a I think this is a good thing for him because number one, um, obviously a new organization, new um, you know, n- new mentality, that sort of thing. But he's playing above the Mason Dixon line extensively um for the first time and, and sometime too, because you know, he's a guy that live or is from Florida, got drafted by the Marlins, played in uh, Beloit. Uh, but again, there is value in playing in the cold, and and that's what he's going through, and he's having a lot of success doing it. All right, who are your guys? I've given you enough time to to. Prepare. I got listen. The guy that has a pro, uh, has really lit the world on my world on fire is Omar Cruz. Um, this is a guy that was called up to double a last year was supposed to only be up for a couple days and then just stuck all the dude does is throw strikes um and i think that's that's been a great opportunity too and you know uh, good for him but at the same time man and you know he's a, he's not a hard thrower he's not going to blow it past you very often he sits usually about 89 to 91 with his with his fastball but you know he's got a two he's got the slider he's got the curve he's got a change and, you know, he's appeared in, in four games so far, 12 innings, 12 and one a third, 20 strikeouts, uh, one, one, four, one, one, four, six ERA. Um, you know, I, he's doing every, again, he's doing everything you need, but at the same time, the good news for him is he's only walked six guys, um, you know, in, in those, in those, you know, 12 and a third innings. I think that speaks volumes um, at the moment uh, at this point in the season. He he screams one of those hybrid guys that the pirates are just using nowadays. Like yeah, I mean he could be has he pitched out of that role yet? As a starter? No, no, like as is the bulk guy reliever after Yeah, he usually comes in after McGregor. Okay. Um yeah, he I mean that's usually what I've seen is him come in after after McGregor. He's usually that that Tuesday guy. Um and he hasn't pitched in, in quite some time. He hasn't pitched since April 24th. Um, but, but yeah, he's, he's three innings, four innings, um, three innings, twice, four innings, once and two and a third in the first game of the season, um, which is the only game that he gave up a run. He gave up two runs in the first game of the season. And then the rest is history, or I guess the April 10th. I'm sorry. That's not the first game, but yeah, I mean, strikes at this level, you got to throw strikes. He's only, he's six foot. He's 23. Again, you see it all the time with lefties. When it comes from the left side, man, you got a career if you can throw strikes. Jared, thank you so much for coming on, man. Like I said, we're going to be doing some more extensive prospect stuff in the future. Always great talking to you. We're going to take a little break here. We'll finish up the show here in a second.
And welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I lied. We didn't say goodbye to Jared yet. Uh, I'm like I'm like a bad itch. I just won't go away. Because I had one last thought that I wanted to ask Jared, because the Pirates are doing these hybrid, these bulk starters things, these, the bulk relievers, I guess, not starters. Uh, besides Omar Cruz, who, who in this Altoona staff do you think is going to be this guy? Like, do you th- think... Majinski might be this type of guy or I mean, Shelton said flat out that if they have a one or a two, they're not going to do it to someone. So maybe a Priester or, or Burroughs could emerge and be that type of guy, but who, who else could be that type of guy? I mean, that's, that's tough at this point in the season because guys are still just getting stretched out. I mean, last week at the, during their homestand was the first time they've gone through the fifth inning um, as a pitching staff. So, I mean, it's tough when they're still trying to work their way back because these guys are on a different type of schedule than what you might see um, in the majors. Um, so you see Cruz uh, get the bulk of those and, and you do see, um, some other guys, you know, Tanaj Thomas hasn't really pitched out of the back end, but you get to see um, Emmanuel Mejia, um, guys like that. Um, you just don't know yet. And, uh, and that's just kind of the way that it is. And, and it's weird um, to see that because we're not quite used to that, that type of mentality. You know, you got, you got your starters in Burroughs and Priester and Majinski, obviously Priester is still hurt. Um, and then Travis McGregor, I thought, has, has thrown well. Um, the results haven't necessarily spoken for it exactly. Um, and he's a guy that we've really um, kind of talked about at length just because of, of situations. But, you know, he uh, tonight, even April 29th, um, comes in and unfortunately gives up a run, but he pitches two innings. He had started three games prior to that. Um, so they're mixing things up. They're trying to figure out what works for them. And, but I also just think it's by design. So you're going to see, you know, I think you might see Burroughs throw middle of the game. You might see, um, you know, Luis Ortiz throw in the middle of the game. It's just kind of that mentality. They, and, and it's exactly what Derek Shelton preaches, uh, you know, getting guys ready for any type of situation, um, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, we're going to find out. But I mean, at the major league level, clearly the starters aren't necessarily working out for them. All right. I mean, this time, Jared, thank you for coming on. (laughs) We're going to close the show properly this time by saying thank you so much for listening to the podcast to be named later. If you like this, be sure to subscribe. Get all the fine shows that we have here on this network, wherever you find your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.